Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to What the Puck, Season 2, Episode 9. As always, I'm Rob Zadick, alongside with co-host... Atomic Man. I hope all you fans are just as excited as we are to get this season rolling. First week in the books. So today's topic list, we're obviously going to start with our questions... Then we got some signings to get into, some notable injuries, and so some suspensions. Then me and Rob are going to give you guys our, I guess, our opinions on how the Islanders or Rangers have started their season. And then we're going to give you our best, surprising, and worst team of the first week of the season. So, Timmy Cunz, let's hear the questions. All right, we'll start it off. With Strom and Kako out for a little bit, do the Rangers call up Kraftstoff? Personally... I do not see Kratzoff playing another game in the jersey, like the New York Rangers sweater in the NHL. I just, they made it pretty clear that he wasn't good enough to, to crack this roster. And I mean, after the first four games, they're clearly having some sort of success. And the Strom is, it's not an injury, it's COVID protocol. So he's going to be back eventually. And I'm hearing Kako's more day-to-day, so I'm, I don't think he's going to be out a while. I just don't see them messing lines up like this early in the season. I, I don't see it happening, no. Because Strom will be back soon, and Kako hopefully will be back soon. It is really not worth just putting him in the lineup for a few games when they've officially said that he's going to be traded. So, yeah, that's, that's that. Uh, Strom's out for COVID. That means he's really not out for that much longer. He also is a center. Uh, Kravtsov's a winger. So that doesn't really make much sense. In in terms of replacing him for Kako, I don't really know how long Kako's out. It hasn't really been revealed. I know he's up at upper body injury. We're going to get into injuries in one second. But the question is, call him up. He's not even playing for the Hartford Wolfpack. He's actually back in Russia. So um, in terms of him returning to the Rangers, let alone the NHL, I have no idea. If I were to put money on it, he doesn't play for the Rangers ever again. And will he play on another team? Most which likely. Is, which is trade value. It's a, you said, they said it was around a third-round pick. So his trade value got diminished a little bit. Because, yeah, so I don't, even, I don't even see him playing in the NHL. I think he's just – I think he overvalues himself, and I think he could care less whether he returns to America or not. Yeah, so next. All right. Are the Islanders overrated this year, or are they off to just a slow start? Three games into the season. Three games. Whoever asked that question, come on. Can't, can't be calling teams overrated, underrated three games into the season. Like, no, I'm not going to. They're not overrated. They're not underrated. They're still the New York Islanders that are one and two. Hopefully getting, hopefully should be three and two after playing Columbus and Arizona these next two games. But like I said, if they could just end up with 13 or more points somewhere around the 500 mark throughout this 13 game road this road trip to start the season they're going to be just fine having longer home stands later in the season having the team at home it's it's going to help a lot so no i don't think they're overrated if they're you know again they they lost to carolina 6 to 3 and they lost to florida 5 to 1 i i think they looked better for 60 minutes in the Florida game, even though they lost much worse. I have to agree. Yeah, Although those are two elite teams. Carolina and Florida are elite teams. And I get, I'm going to get into how I feel about the Islanders in the first week in the next segment. But no, they're not overrated. It's weird because 
all their games have been away so far. They played, like he said, they played two elite teams. And they happened to get smoked by both of them. It's too early to say. It, it really is too early to say. I, I, to me, even they played against Chicago. And Chicago was the better team through all 60 minutes. And they, they still pulled out a win. So it's just... We don't know what the fuck is going on right now in the <laughs> NHL. So for we to be, for us to be pegging teams as overrated and underrated at the at this moment in time is just it's too early, ludicrous. Yeah, we could say like teams are like, wow, this is a big shocker. Like I didn't see yeah. this coming because it's. But to peg teams right now, especially the Islanders who literally don't have a home arena right now, <laughs> is just I I, yeah. I don't even want to comment. But no. I, I wouldn't say they are. Consider I think. The Islanders are fine where they are. I mean, they pulled out a win against Chicago. And then we got two and, weak teams. Right. You should have pulled out at least one win over at Maybe a either point. Carolina or Florida. But then again, you know, you're going to see them again. We're going to see them. You're going to see Carolina a lot more times. And you're going to see them at, at UBS. Home. So it's a little different view on that. So I, I would just, I would give it time. It would be nice to grab a point, you know, in the first two games. Because, you know, everyone's like, oh, and two. Whole, holy shit. Like, What's going on with this team? It's like, relax. Just relax. <laughs> it's a an away stand. We got some weaker teams coming up. Let them find a groove. Let them get going. And I think they'll they'll end up being just fine. So is that it for questions? Yeah, that's all we got. Cool. Alright, so we had some notable signings since our last podcast. Actually, we finished recording our last podcast and probably maybe two minutes after the Ryan Pulak signing extension got released, which is pretty funny because we would have talked about it last episode. So Ryan Pulak signs an eight-year, $6.15 million average annual value, which most people will call Lou Lamorello a genius for, for doing this. He's locked up now Pelic and Pulak for the next eight years at around $12 million combined. It's, I think, personally, it's fantastic. Just seeing... What a lot of a lot of analysts and a lot of websites rank this pairing as top three, top five in the league. To sign them, to have them both for the next eight years, obviously maybe the last two, three years of the contract could be a little iffy because they'll be thirty-five years old. But for the next five, six years, we're gonna have an elite top pairing, and I think every team wants that. So I'm ecstatic about the signing, and what he said about it was awesome. How he said, "I want to, I want to play here. I love being here. I call this place my home." You know, that's that's just awesome to see. So. Yeah, I'm ecstatic about it. Good news. I mean, uh, surprised he signed for more money than Pelic. I was just talking about this before. I think at this moment in time, Pelic is a better defenseman. I think throughout their careers, Pulak will have better numbers. Um, yeah, that's really how it is. I, they, yeah, Pelic is more defensive minded. Where, I mean, Pulak is also defensive minded, but he has a little more offensive ability to him. So, yeah. Pollock signs eight mil six point one five. Another signing, Brady Tuchuk. Kachuk signs seven years, eight point two million. Wow. Now this with Ottawa, obviously. This is a little wild here because this this extension was supposed to happen for a like it was supposed to happen in the offseason. And Kachuk wanted more of a bridge deal, like a three year deal, because I'm hearing he wasn't – he's so young where it's like, do I really want to sign eight years to a place where I'm really not sure about the future of this team? Obviously, Shabbat signed long-term, but he's not really fully sure about where this team is heading. 
you know, a, a three-year bridge deal would have obviously been way more favorable for the player because then, you know, he could be a UFA and really walk wherever he wants for the max money. But Ottawa, I'd say overpays him in a way, gives him 8.2 to now stay for seven years. He hasn't put up more than a point per game in a season, and he's going to make over $8 million. So I think this contract will look really good in two, three years. But right now, it's probably a little bit of an overpay for such a young player. He's a grinder. He's one of those, he's one of those players that both uh, Kachuk brothers, he's one of those players where you love him when he's on your team, and you hate him when he's on the other team. He's just gritty. He fights. He scores goals. But he's a great player. Great overall player. I think 8.2 is a little too much right now. But I guess they overpaid him to keep him. And I'll start this by going back to last episode with the impossible question I was asked. Whether Barkov was worth $10 million or not. And like I said, how much a player deserves to get paid depends on the team they play for. And this right here, ladies and gentlemen, is a prime example of it. He says 8.2. Two is too much, and I think it's perfect for the Ottawa Senators. I think the Ottawa Senators are on the up and up. Tim, Timmy S., I don't really I think it's Stutzel. Timmy Stutzel still in his entry-level contra- contract, so we have time with him. Shabbat signed long-term. I think the Ottawa Senators, Senators are going to be an elite team in the near future. We could s- sort of start to see it in the first three games of the season. I mean, they, they beat Toronto outright. It was a great game. I think the Senators were the better team that game. I see a lot of good things from the Ottawa Senators. And this contract, Brady Kachuk could possibly wear the C sometime. Either him or Thomas Shabbat, which yeah. is either or great leadership. It depends who you want to run with. But I think once they have that leadership, they build the consistency, they will become an elite team. So I am ecstatic with this contract, and I think it's a perfect number for the organization like the Ottawa Senators. Okay. I mean, yeah, it's not terrible. I just, for him asking for a bridge deal kind of makes you think he is unsure about how long he wants to be in Ottawa. But he signs it. He's going to be there till he's, you know, in his late 20s. So good for Ottawa. Next signing, who I think is one of the most, this, this guy's going to be talked about for a while. He's definitely a very underrated player. Nick Suzuki. Signs eight years, almost $8 million, 7.9 average annual value. He had a, like I said, he definitely put his name on the map uh, last, last postseason. I mean, he was the best player on the team that went to the Stanley Cup. And then, obviously, he had all the national attention in the cup final against Tampa. Obviously, it didn't go their way, but he was very noticeable. He was, you know, so good with the puck. You really watch him, you, you're like, wow, this guy's going to be elite. Or you could already call him elite. So I think the money's right for him. Eight years, 7.9. Obviously, they're struggling. Bad. They can't even win a game right now, but I think they locked up a great player for a long time, and I'm, I think the number's fine. Uh, I don't want to give away too much right now, but I'm going to say that Suzuki's contract, not going to stay with Montreal for very long. Good. I don't want to say too much too soon. You think he's going to request a trade? Not request a trade. I think he's going to get traded. And I think the team that he's going to go to is going to be a much better team than the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah. I don't think Montreal is I think he's going, to, <laughs> he's going to go to a... Like right now we have... I think we both have Montreal on that bridge type team. May make the playoffs. May not, but probably not. I'd like to change that after... You know, I would <laughs> like... I would think that Suzuki's going to go to a wild card type team to try to boost them into an absolute... Like a top three divisional not spot. Not this year. 
No, 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 yeah. not this year. I'm, Eventually. I'm talking in the, uh, yep. in during his contract. Yeah. Where, in that. So, yeah, great great signing by the Canadians, but, you know, don't expect much that Suzuki would want to stay and play for this team. Yeah. I, I, I can understand that just because in the direction that the team is going right now, as all, you know, their leaders. I saw today Shea Weber most likely will never play an NHL game again. They said it'll be a miracle if he does. Carey Price stepped down from the team. You know, it's just, it's a shit show in Montreal right now after it was the complete opposite four months ago. So, and our final, our final notable signing, which we, this can kind of turn into another topic, which we will also talk about quickly. Charlie McAvoy signs eight years, 9.5 million average annual value. So, the Boston Bruins lock up I, what I'd say is he's still up and coming, which is crazy to say, but you can definitely call him a top 10 defenseman in this league. Charlie McAvoy, year after year, is just getting better and better. And the way that these number one defensemen are getting paid in the league, I can't complain about the money. I just can't. It's just because you see Darnell Nurse getting this number, Seth Jones getting this number, Kale McCarr getting this number. It's like Charlie, Charlie McAvoy is with those names. He's there. So I, I can't complain about the number. He's young, eight years, 9.5. He's, he'll probably end up, I mean, in eight years, I don't, I don't think Bergeron's going to be playing in eight years. So I assume he'll grab, he might grab the C after that, but I think it's a, it's a great contract and the Bruins, they got themselves a good one. Uh, as of tonight, 10, 20, the odds that McAvoy wins the Norris trophy right now is at plus 1000. That's pretty good. Um, like I said, great player, getting paid a lot of money. Long Island Goals alumni, um, not much to say, man. Congratulations on the contract, and that's pretty much it's it's well deserved. Like he said, well deserved. He's up there in those names. He doesn't really get talked about that much because whenever you think of the Boston Bruins, you think of their top line. You don't really think of their defense or their goaltending. So just keep up the good work. That's all I gotta say. Yeah, well, this is where it could turn into another topic. Again. What the hell is Adam Fox going to get paid? <laughs> it is crazy because the market's only – these players are only getting paid more and more. Adam Fo- – what do you think Adam Fox is going to get? He's going to get paid less than Pellick to prove a point. New yeah, okay. He's going to be like, yeah, yeah, okay. they're paying Pellick this. That's what he wants. If he wants to be that team friendly, I'm going to take $3 million a year. Watch. Yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. No, Adam Fox might get 10 he, He's – Long Island Goals alumni looking fantastic, making bank in the NHL. Look yeah. at us go, Long Island. I know. I, he's, he, again, I, we, I've been watching, obviously, some Ranger fans. He's just, he really is unbelievable to watch, Adam Fox. Just, because he, like, he's not overly fast, Adam Fox. No, but he's, he's just so smart with the puck, and he just gets everyone with these little head We're going to talk about the Rangers in one second. Yeah, we but are. By far, if you guys watch the Rangers games, that he is by far the best player on the ice right now. And he is the, in my eyes, he's the opposite player to Pavel Buchnevich. He is the most patient, oh. calm player, just doesn't have a worry in the world when he has the puck. He takes his time. Everything is great. He sees the play before it happens. He sees the play before he even has the puck. He knows where the puck, he knows exactly where he wants to put the puck before he even touches it because he's, he's just constantly just has a good visualization of the ice and he's just he's just a fantastic I don't care whether he puts up 10 points or 100 points to see like it doesn't matter to me he's just if you watch the actual play of the player he's 
probably one of the best defensemen in the league. Yeah. He probably is going to pass Carlson. I think this might be the season, if not definitely next season, is the best player, in the, uh, best defenseman in the division. He's just that fucking good. He, uh, like, he could turn the entire Rangers' momentum during a game around with just him touching the puck and just making a smart, yeah. good play that leads to a great fucking goal. Me and my dad, were, uh, we were watching the Ranger game. I, forget, I think it was the Toronto game. And we were like, God, like this this guy doesn't come off the ice. He just does it all. He he'll he'll give you twenty five minutes. He'll give you just you know he doesn't make mistakes. It, it, he really is a great player, and that's and if why he, if he does make a mistake, he, like he fucking corrects it like instantly. Yeah. Like if he does give up like give up a bad pass, like he like that player ain't getting a shot off after. Like it's just it's amazing. Yeah, it's he totally, again. Yeah, he's go gonna get paid so much money. Like. Uh, he is. He's gonna team be- friendly contract, baby. Let's team see. friendly. I mean, we'll we'll see. So, those are all our notable signings. Now we got some notable injuries. So, are the Tampa Bay Lightning gonna do what they did last year? Are they gonna Are they gonna cheat? Not. Che- I mean, I'll, I'll call it a little bit of cheat. Are they gonna use the LTIR to their advantage again? Kucherov goes down again. A leg injury. People are. Uh, I'm reading that surgery is going to be needed. So, you think surgery, you're thinking months out. So, they already put him on LTIR, which is crazy. This is, I, I'm, I'm, I feel bad that this has happened to him again, you know, because injuries start to tack on and on and on as you get older in your career. Like, that hurts. So, and I do think that hurts the Lightning. I think that hurts the Lightning a lot. I don't, again, I put them, I believe I put them four in my standing predictions. No, three. Sorry, but I, they're still going to get in. They're still good enough, but, you know, this hurts. That slows down that first line. Like, Braden Point now might not put up 40 goals this year. And, you know, although it, it definitely hurts the team because he's the best offensive player on that team. We will see how – because they haven't released how long he'll actually be out. But if surgery is needed, you know it's going to be somewhat lengthy. So, for those of you guys that have been listening from the beginning, I've been saying it all offseason. He is now an injury-prone player. He is going down the same path as Evgeny Malkin. It's just if he could survive a season without being an injury, like having an injury, yeah, he's going to be over a point per game. But I always said this is why I didn't put him in my fantasy picks when I was asked that question. This is why I don't put him in top five in scoring in the league because he is now considered an injury-prone player. And what, three games into the season, I was proven right. In terms of what McMahon just said, it's his top five or t- top offensive player on the Tampa Bay Lightning. I 100% disagree with that. It's not always about points, like I say. It's about the play of the play, just the overall play of the player. Like, I don't know I, how to I know what you're that, saying. It is I, I think he's just so talented. Number one is Braden Point, and just like I said, the biggest thing you can look at is playoff hockey. When there's a lockdown defenseman that says, you need to stop him. They stopped Kucherov. Every team stopped Kucherov pretty good last season. No, no lockdown. Not in the defense. playoffs. Braden pointed. Braden, like we said, Braden Point had more goals, goals. than the entire yeah, Montreal. Right. Kucherov had. Montreal had points. Kucherov had 10 more points than any other player in the playoffs. Goals are, goals are worth so yeah. much. I'm not even talking goal, but offensive ability-wise, I think Braden Point is a better player. I'll give him goal scoring. No, I, I don't even goals. I'm talking offensive offensive ability. I'll take, Braden Point is, I I'll think take, better. I'll take Kucherov. Okay, just because his he reminds me of like a Panarin player where he's just gonna find the right guy and set up. He's 
Kucherov's obviously more of a playmaker, but he can net it when he wants to. I think Braden Point is just as good as a playmaker. As Kucherov. Mm-hmm. I just disagree to the... It's not... I don't the think the most that, important thing, he ain't injury prone. That is more important, but I'm saying so I don't think it's close. So the pitch is fast and nobody could catch him. I don't think it's close. I think Kucherov is one of the best playmakers in the league up there with, you know, Panarin, McDavid, and all those guys. But obviously, I, I will never, ever root for any player, whether I hate him or not, to get injured. So... Sucks to be Kucherov. Goes down again. Um, I just hope that the the Lightning don't take advantage of this situation again. Last year was $15 million. Now they got about 9 or whatever or whatever Kucherov, Kucherov's contract is. So Why we'll, wouldn't they take advantage of it? I know. I mean, I, I, I don't think they're going to three-peat this year. So, I mean, I don't think it'll make a difference anyway. But Kucherov goes down. Another notable injury. Max Domi out two to four weeks. I mean... It's no, I guess it's notable because the length of the injury, but I don't see Columbus being anything this year. So I think it only helps them with their lottery draft stock, honestly. Although they've started the season pretty good. Oh, they beat up on Arizona. They scored eight goals against Arizona. I, although I think, again, not rooting for any injuries. Although I think this helps them at the end at the end of the season with their going for the lottery pick because I don't see them touching anywhere near the playoffs even with this little this little quick hot start so I think Max Domi's the second best player on that team behind Patrick Laine which doesn't say much <laughs> I like Max Domi I like I said I don't look at the points doesn't matter to me uh I think Boone Jenner is doing a great job as a captain I think he's you know really really I, they're, they're off to a great start I know they verse two of like the I guess weaker teams in the league but like listen Columbus is Columbus they're, they haven't played anybody in the Metropolitan yet, but if they keep putting up wins, it just makes it harder for the rest of the division. So, I mean, Domi being out four weeks, yeah, it, probably, it hurts them big time. Like I said, second best player. But, like, what are they going to do? How are they going to respond? We'll find out because they play the Islanders tomorrow night. Yeah, so, that's we'll a, figure that's it out. That's a big test for them. Yep. So, well, that wraps up our notable injuries. Now we got we'll, – we'll get into these two suspensions. One got released – Yesterday, Evander Kane suspended 21 games for, I believe, showing the team a lie to the team about being vaccinated, showed them a fake vaccine card. I mean, we're not going to get all into the vaccine and stuff, but just, I mean, I think it's pretty, it's pretty stupid because there are unvaccinated players in the league playing right now. So, I, I mean, like, I just don't think there's a, a need to lie, but obviously 21 games, holy shit, that's... That's a quarter of the season. That's that's a huge. He's gonna lose out on money. You don't get paid for those games, and he's gonna get. And he's obviously not gonna play for a team that's actually had a pretty good start. So that's all I gotta say about him. He's got so. Just when you think he's he's figured out his shit, another thing comes on with him. He's just he's been headlined with the NHL so much the past year, and not one thing has been positive. So you know, and he's so good, Evander Kane. He really is really good. So it it. it Definitely sucks to see, so. I don't want to mention much about the vaccine, but I just got to say 21 games is too much for that. I just don't think it's reasonable compared to the other suspensions in the league. Yeah. Just To me, it's it's unreasonable. I think it, I think it was a little bit of a, a statement, I guess, by the league to say, if there's anyone else out there and you get caught, it, it might be worse. I think it was more of a statement. I do agree 21 is a lot. Like a quarter of the season, come on. That's a, that's a lot. Like, I think they're all still getting tested the same. They're all doing all that the same. 21 games for... 
Right, because you know? at this point you're not punishing him. You're part. You're punishing San Jose. Yeah, the whole team. Right. So I, I just think I think it's very very unreasonable. Yeah. But I, I, I don't, don't say much on yeah. what he did. Don't agree with Tony on games, but yeah, tough to hear for Evander Kane. Seems like he can't catch a break. Although he kind of walked into that one, but. And the next suspension we have the ex Ranger, Pavel Bushnevitz, Nevich, however you want to say his name. He uh, headbutted a dude. Not <laughs> well, surprised. Well, now this is his second suspension in like four games because he yeah. he got suspended obviously last year in the Tom Wilson Panarin game. Yep. Uh, where he had a really dirty play that oh, the game. game. The game after. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. So it was the the, the response game. And now, what is it, three games into this season, he gets suspended again. So maybe Bushnevitz turning into a little dirty player in the league. Kind of kind of crazy to see. So, yeah, I mean, you just can't headbutt someone. That's just, I think, his anger got to him, and he just made a stupid mistake. He actually scored that game, but, yeah. He, yeah, I, 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 you know, I, listen, I didn't like Bushnevitz. I didn't hate him, like, Obviously, his his play of hockey, like he he sucks. Like to me, he sucks. I know a lot of Ranger fans, Rob. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I don't. But you know what? I think he's got anger issues, and for you to hate Chris Kreider over a type of player like Butchnevich just blows my mind. I, I just think you know, Butchnevich, he's just an idiot. He's just an idiot. Cross check somebody in the head, and then four games later, headbutt somebody. Just doesn't. It just. And he was. It wasn't like he was defending a, a teammate. It was literally like both times it involved. A play on him that he wanted to be the getting hurt, or he didn't like what was done to him, and then he just went out and did got, took a stupid penalty. Yeah, so like, I, stupid know, enough to him. get suspended. Like, come on, dude. yeah, both times to me, it's just that's why he's off the Rangers. I'll take Sammy Blay and all the cap space we got from it. Thank you. Yeah, so really stupid play by Bushnevitz. Not not really helping him as a favorite in this league. He, he's especially on a new team no less. Yeah, you don't especially do on that. a new there's one thing you get to a new team and you're trying you know something bad happens to a line mate or whatever and then you try just trying to you know protect him and defend him maybe th- drop the gloves. It was you all know, about him. Throw was, a big hit, but yeah. it was all about him. So fucking selfish. So yeah. you know what? His true colors are showing. Yeah. So Bushnevitz suspended two games not too long. He'll def will be back very soon. That'll do it for our signings, injuries, and suspensions. Now we got the exciting part. We are going to give our opinions on how the season has started for the Islanders and the Rangers. So let me get right in there with the Islanders. So three games in, one and two. I think we have played some good. We've we've played good at certain times. I just think our consistency has been the issue. So... I don't think Sorokin looked good in games one and two. I, th- I definitely think he got beat a few times where last year those those goals were not getting allowed. And obviously, the New York Islanders opening night scored three goals. Last year, the Islanders scored three goals, and you're like, oh, we won that game. You know, it's a team that doesn't let up many goals, and for them to let up 11 goals through two games is like, all right, like, pick it up. What the hell's going on? So at least, you know, the third game, although they didn't, you know, dominate um, Chicago. I think Chicago won. Definitely outplayed them the first two periods. The third period was, I think, all New York Islanders. That period, you know, I think we we scored the goal and we gained a little momentum. We definitely dominated them in the third period. I think in the Florida game, that first period, we were. I'm like, oh, this is this is the team that almost went to the cup. We were all over Florida. We were clearly the better team in that at least the beginning of that first period. It was like I can't believe they didn't they didn't tuck one, but you know, 
just one one bad goal goes in, there's a wraparound, one bad goal goes in, and then it just deflates the team. So like I said earlier in this episode, just don't I wouldn't be worried if I was an Islander fan. It's just way, way too early in the season and just gotta get out of this a little away stretch, get get us home, get us to the new arena. The place is gonna be buzzing. I think every game, like the first twelve games are sold out already. It's gonna be unbelievable. I'm I'm so excited. Some some key players that I wanted to note on. Zdeno Chara has definitely worried me a lot, like a lot. Can you? What do you? You agree? You agree he looks slow as fuck. I think he's your worst player. He, I, prior to the prior to the last minute goal by Chicago, they scored with thirty four seconds left to ruin Sorokin shutout. That was the first five on five goal that was allowed with Adam Pellick on the ice. Zdeno Chara in the first two games was on the ice for five, five, five-on-five five goals. So that's not even, obviously, I don't think he's on the, he actually might be on the PK. He gets uh, PK two shifts, but he, he was on the ice for five, five-on-five five goals, which is unacceptable through two games. Um, so yeah, I see a little red flag there, which how Chara started the season. Maybe it's just he has to adjust to this new system and a new team. Like, I understand it. Because I think he looked way better on Washington last year than he does right now with the Islanders. Again, small sample size. Maybe he settles in. I also don't, which a lot of Islander fans agree with me, I don't think Andy Green and Zdeno Chara should be playing on the same night. I think you alternate those guys. You know, let them rest for, like, again, I'm thinking playoffs, but I'd rather have those guys play, you know, 40, 50 games each rather than both both players play 82 games and then expect them to play 20 plus more in the playoffs it's going to be tough for those 40 plus year olds so i wouldn't mind bringing up a player like sebastian aho who he played a game last year he put up a primary assist i i would like to see sebastian aho get some at least get a chance um barzell impressed me in the opening night past two games been a little more quiet. I think they've put their top guys, top D-men on him. So hopefully he can get going again. Oliver Wallstrom has, I think, I think last game he rejuvenated the team. He's got three goals in three games. Um, obviously two goals last night. This kid, I love how aggressive he is. He's 21 years old, and you could just tell he's going to be a, a serious goal scorer in this league. He's got a shot like no other. I mean, you see him on the power play. He's setting up like he's Ovechkin. It's hysterical. Like, I love it. And, he, and he's slapping his stick on the ice, calling for the puck. I, I love Because I, you look at the Islanders. It's a team that it's like, who's going to fucking shoot the puck? Who's going to score the puck? And he wants the puck, and, he, and he's ripping shots. And he had eight shot attempts against Chicago. Like, the team high, and obviously he had two goals. And the, the first goal was beautiful. Little He intercepted the puck, beat the defender, and went five-hole on Flurry. I mean... Real, it was an elite goal, and he rejuvenated the team, and he's young, and I'm just very excited for it. He might be a third liner this year that puts up 30 goals, so which would be really cool. Yeah, so I wouldn't be worried. Again, we, have, we play Arizona, I mean Columbus, then Arizona, these next two games. Hopefully, they can win these two games. I mean, I'd be shocked if they don't. I mean, I'm guaranteeing three points, hopefully. They're going to be hard favorites both, both games, so... And we win these two games, three-game win streak, we're three and two. I think there should be no complaints from Islander fans. So, yeah, that's, I guess that's, that's my update from, from one week into the season. Yeah, so I think Wallstrom's been our best player, and Chara has been our, I guess, eye-opening worst player. He just looks slow. It looks like he's skating in sand. So, yeah.
And I'll say my piece about the Islanders. I'll try to keep it, you know, quick and simple. I've watched every single Islander game in the entireties. Paul Mary sucks. He's fucking not a top six forward in the NHL for the 6,000th time. To me, you're wasting Parise's ability by putting him on the third line with fucking Wallstrom and Pajot. I, I just think, like, if he was... I know he's on the power play, and I just... And I know you guys have been playing elite teams, but I think you're wasting his ability. And the less he plays, the more you're going to see the age play into a factor when it comes to skating with Parisi. Just please utilize him the way you're supposed to utilize him. Best player for the New York Islanders through the first three games, and Barry Trotz said this, it is, it is Pajot. Pajot has been playing great. I think he's the best player. I, don't, I disagree. Wallstrom is, is fucking good. Um, he's new, he's young, he's not really mature in my eyes. Um, defenseman, oh, you want to comment? Go ahead. You don't think Walsham's good? I mean, he, he definitely should. I don't think out. he's the, I, why? Cause you don't scored, think he could put up 30? Why? Cause year? he put two, he put two goals up last year. No, I'm saying, do you, well, no, his rook, last year, his rookie year, he, he, he had, well, I think he had 13 goals and like He also 40. had three penalties in one fucking playoff period. That's not, that's yeah. not. That's huge. You learn bro. from that. You, you learn got, from you that. Gotta, right. The, the maturity factor, like I said, is not there yet. Um, Barzell looks like Barzell. There's really nothing to go off on that. I think, you know, the Islanders are gelling as, as a team as the way they should. Um, they look good. I mean, it's not like they, like, look bad. They yeah. don't look how we expected them to look. But, but they're they not played a, two elite teams. I know. It's, it's, but, you know, they look okay. I, like, I said, I, like I said, and we said it earlier, I, I'm agreeing with you. Yeah. Just... I wouldn't call the shots too early now. Yeah. But I seriously think, you know, my, my biggest takeaway is I got to move up Parisi, man. You're just wasting his ability, in my opinion. you just Because the B line hasn't been producing much. No, nothing. Right? The B line is. B line. If anything, I'd put Parisi on the B line. Exchange him with Bailey. I think I think Bavillier. Bailey has looked very sl- slow to start the I, season, but I, he always starts slow. Bailey is. He needs. I don't think he does any offseason training. I think it, Bailey but, just shows up and then fucking. But if Bailey's playing slow, why not put him on the third line? When you, just, when you do that to a player, it's not like they're professional athletes. When you move them down to the third line, it's not like they, you know, hang their heads and they're like, fuck, man, I, you know. They're I'm getting fuck. similar no, time. They're getting, yeah. they're getting, that third player is getting pissed off and being like, I want my fucking spot back. And that's how you wake players up. And this is the last thing I'll say about the Islanders, and it might be a shot in the dark. I think the slow start has to do with the, the amount of contracts that were signed this offseason. Everyone got their contract, and that's it. Legs stop moving. Nobody's playing for money. They got the money they fucking want, and that's it. Right. Pelic's playing for five million. Pulak's playing for what six? six. Paul Mary, not a five. fucking top six forward, but he's got fucking signed. Bavillier got signed. Everyone gets fucking signed. Char, Parisi, but you know that's what happens when people sign contracts. They don't fucking play as hard. It's just, it's just natural human instinct. It's just I don't like to work for anything anymore. That's it. I know we're early in the season. We still have whatever eighty games to go 79 games to go and maybe they'll wake the fuck up but that's all i got to say about the islanders i think they're gonna be just fine so oh, i agree too it's just a matter of when they start to pick it up maybe like you said maybe this columbus arizona thing is gonna be the start of something yeah, good. what if they could roll a little bit you know beat both teams handily and then they could be like all right this is us that's big that's yeah. big so what was the point you need yeah. man why don't you tell us about uh the New York Rangers, who's at who? Tell you about pretty good start. Pretty good start mess. for them. It's a great start. Not really, guys. And 
I just want to I just go on and say this because I, I hear a lot of shit about, you know, me being a Rangers fan and the amount of shit I give them. To me, a real fan shits on their team. You can't jerk your team off 24-7. That's a fucking fake fan. A, a real fan gets down and dirty with their team. When their fucking team deserves to get shit on, you come on here and you say exactly what's going on. Because that's what real fans do. They don't always find the positives and everything. They got to find the negatives and got to try to figure out a solution to fix it. So if you guys disagree with what I say, you know, the question thing comes up every Tuesday. The DM is always open. Shoot me some questions. Shoot me some hot takes. Call me an asshole. Do whatever you want. But I say it how it is. So I'll get into this fucking team right now. The Rangers, 2-1-1. My opinion should be 1-3. The only game they should have won was Dallas. And that was about halfway through the game when Adam Fox turned it the fuck around for them. Other than that, they got absolutely demolished by the Washington Capitals. They got absolutely demolished. Demolished. Even, I think, worse than the, Cap- worse than the Capitals against Toronto. The only reason why the score was not the same was because Igor was in that, not Georgiev. We are 2-1-1 one, one because we're stealing games due to our goaltender. It has nothing to do with our game of play. And that comes down to what I believe is no leadership. And that's what it meant. That's it. Montreal was an okay game. It was an even game. If I had to give it to a team, Montreal was the better team that game. Just, that's it. When it comes to play... You think Montreal outplayed you guys? Absolutely. Okay. Not, not like, significantly. Not, yeah. like, not like Toronto and Washington. It was a tight game. Yeah. It was a tight game, but I think Montreal had the edge. Especially, you know, that third period. You just... I'm going to get into my players in one second. But, like, Laf- Lafreniere and Zabinajad... That a way to respond. I always say it, the most important shift in hockey is one after a goal. And uh, that was the reason why we won that game. But I'll get, into, I'll get into the players now. The best three players for the New York Rangers through the first three games is Kreider, Fox, and Lafreniere. I think Lafreniere is doing fantastic. I think even if he doesn't put up points, you could see his confidence is there. You could see his skating is there. You could see his physicality. I mean, dump and chase game is strong. His forecheck is unbelievable. I think he's fine in the defensive zone. I don't think he's panicking with the puck anymore. I think he's fine where he is. Kreider, just keep doing what you're doing. Put your ass in front of the net, deflect shots. I mean, it's working now. I don't know how good it's going to work when you actually play lockdown defensemen like Jacob Slavin or the Islanders. They're going to move you the fuck out of there and it's not going to be as easy for you. And Fox, we went over Fox earlier. I'm not going to get into Fox. Additionally, he's not really a player, but Igor Shosturkin is the reason why we are 2-1-1 one, and, one and not 1-3. and three. Um, Worst players. <laughs> Shocker. They all get paid more than $8.5 million fucking dollars, and this makes me want to throw something. Panarin, Zabinijad, Truba have been the worst three players for the New York Rangers. Um, Panarin just got his first goal in overtime, but guess what? He was the reason why Dallas beat us because he turned the puck over in that overtime game. Zabinijad always off to a slow start. I, I don't know what his problem is. I don't know if it's him not wearing the C. I don't know if it's confidence. I don't know what the fuck's going on, but he sucks. And <laughs> Jacob Truba, the worst New York Ranger I've probably seen in a long time. He is fucking like dog water. He doesn't move fast. He doesn't move fast enough. He doesn't fucking get his shots to the net. He takes these rippers, guys. You've been watching the games, and it's sad to say, but it really doesn't come on the power play because the Rangers. I'm again their power play in one second because that's another fucking issue. But his pucks don't get to the net. They go wide. They get deflected. 
you know how many times like he's on the ice and then there's an odd man rush and either he's the one back and they get a fucking sick scoring chance off of it or he's the one chasing down people and is never able to catch him because he's too fucking slow go watch games you'll you'll see it as much as i do now that you're looking out for it but it, it just blows my mind that the three fucking worst players for the rangers right now are the highest paid players that pisses me off um ryan reeds on the other hand i think he's playing fantastic he is second in hits in the nhl and he's first in block shots I know in the Montreal game, he drew two penalties in one period. That's pretty good. He's been making some strong power moves to the net. You know, he hasn't, you know, he gets the shot off. He gets opportunities. That's more work for the goaltender. You know, again, it's not about points, guys. Watch the little shit. Reeves Reeves is not, he's playing good hockey. He's playing good hockey for a fourth liner. Kako, sad to see him go, but obviously had a hot start. He's awesome. Uh, Niles Lundqvist, okay. I'll take him over Anthony Botetto, so keep him there. Let him get used to what, you know, let him get Who used to the NHL. Who do you have, Zach Jones? Who's the younger guy you have? Uh, Brendan Snyder and Zach Jones. I heard, I was, I read something on Twitter where it was, they want to see Zach Jones instead of Lundqvist. I, I, that's fine, that, you know, that's fine, but as long as you don't put Anthony Botetto in that place, because I said in the offseason it was time to move these youngsters into the lineup to fucking get them ready. So don't be putting Anthony Botetto in there. Don't be putting fucking, um... Hayek in there. I, put the youngsters in. Put the young, It's early in the season. This is the time to do it. So do it. Um, and the last thing, the fucking power play, guys. Anybody watch the Toronto game? Anybody fucking throw something and break something? I did. <laughs> what a fucking embarrassment. And it starts with this. They're playing the umbrella. They shouldn't be playing the umbrella. They, they, they shouldn't. Elite teams play the umbrella. I'll tell you who plays the umbrella perfectly. The Lightning play the umbrella perfectly. The Washington Capitals play the fucking umbrella perfectly. And the Boston Bruins. I think those are the three best teams that play the umbrella system. Why? Because they have fucking absolute snipers on the outside. They have snipers. Poshnok, Ovi, Ovi, Stamkos. Stamkos, even Kucherov on the other side. They have absolute... The umbrella is for a team that has elite fucking snipers that have no problem shooting the puck a team like the rangers who always look to pass and always look to cry to deflect a shot in the middle and always look back door like a basic fucking team should not be playing the umbrella they shouldn't i get it we have zabinajad everyone sees zabinajad score those goals guess what guys he doesn't fucking shoot hard like we we see him so fucking close to the net and he rips these fucking shots that look like they're going 90 miles per hour they're really not they're like 80 that he doesn't score as much as he should there, like as Ovi, Stamkos, Kucherov, Passion Act, it is, he's not one of those players. So I don't know why we're playing the umbrella system. The only person that should be shooting there is Panarin, and he t- he likes to shoot. He doesn't like the one time. He likes to fucking pick a corner and snipe it. And that snipe only goes in about one every ten times. Um, The box plus one is a better system. Uh, to me, it just it's a better system for the team. It's just I, I think it's more beneficial. Uh, you can obviously, depending on the team you're playing... You could obviously change it up. But the fact is, they're also playing the fucking second power play unit for the Umbrella, too. Now, I said, you know, we, we said Zabinijad, Panarin, Fox, always, you know, Kreider, Strong when he gets back. That's your, that's your power play unit one. But power play unit two, we have Lafayette and Kako as the fucking shooters. And we have Truba, Truba, Jacob Truba, who I just fucking trashed up top, calling the plays. That is disgusting. This is why we ain't going to fucking score a goal. It's just... Lafayette and Kako, you know, Kako's getting better. Like I said, Kako's hot and Kako has no problem with his confidence right now. And Kako has no problem shooting the puck. But these youngsters, you know, you don't want to, in their mind, their confidence is low because they don't want to have the puck. They don't want to shoot it and then be the cause 
of the fucking going the other way or the puck being iced down and them wasting, you know, 20 seconds off the clock. So they're always looking to be, dish it off to him. Let him take the shot. Let him take this. They're always looking for the perfect pass play. And it just, it's not beneficial. It'd be more beneficial just to put two defensemen out there and play a box plus one. It's, it's just a simpler system. Just let fucking put Truba and Keandre Miller out there, in, in my opinion, and just fucking rip shots and, you know, let Kako and, and Laffy go to the net and let whoever whoever's out there, let's say Filipino, or you have a big body like Sammy Blay or Barkley Goudreau out there in front, you know, screening the goaltender. It's just an easier, simple way that's more beneficial because as you guys have seen, the Rangers need fucking help on the power play. And basically, I, I don't know, I basically described the fucking first three games of the Rangers in whatever, five, yeah. six minutes, so... I- that's think, really it. Yeah. If you got, like I said, guys, I speak the truth. You don't. You disagree with me? Let me know you disagree with me. I'll comment, please. I think I'm excited for it. I think you got to be. I mean, yeah, I think they were the Toronto game. They definitely didn't deserve to win. But you got to be like when they got to overtime. You like you got to be ecstatic that you just stole a point and then to you know win the game. That's just awesome. And maybe maybe that Panarin goal can really you know get him going as he really should be going. But. I mean, I, I, I didn't catch all four games. I saw the end of the Montreal game, so I saw Montreal score and then um, Lafreniere come back down a minute later and take the lead again. So I, I, you said it was a pretty evenly played game. Yeah. Can't say much there, although that arena looked crazy. That that place is nice. One day in my life I'll get to I want to go to Vegas, see a game there, and I want to see a game in Montreal. Um, I just want to say w- one yeah, more yeah, thing. No, this is just quick. For those of you that think the Rangers are going to get to the get to the playoffs and let alone get to the cup. I just want to let you guys see what you're in for. For those of you that watched the Toronto game, watch that game. For those of you that missed the Toronto game, either wait for another top 5 team in a league or rewatch that game. Take that game. That's a 7 game series against that team playing like that. Times that by 4. That's how you got your get your cup. You think we're going to steal all those series if we play like that? Those are because those are the caliber teams we're going to be playing. We're not going to be playing Dallas. We're not going to be we're not going to be playing Montreal. We're playing Washington and we're playing Toronto and we're playing Florida and Carolina. You think this shit's going to fly? And we're going to obviously steal some series with goaltendings against that team. You guys are out of your mind. They need to wake up, wake up big time. Yeah. So not much else to say about the Rangers. I think you got to be happy that they got. What is it? Five points through four games. So good for them. They, it doesn't seem like they have too rough of a schedule ahead, and maybe they could win a few here in a row. And you know, confidence is everything. Obviously, as an Islander fan, I hope they lose every game and get blown out badly. But um, yeah, it was tough watching the Toronto Ranger games, right? Islander fans, isn't that tough? It's like, who do I root for? It's like John Tavares, or do I root for the New York Rangers? In that situation, definitely got to refer the uh, Maple Leafs. Obviously, we don't want any teams in the Metro getting any points ever. So that'll wrap up the Islanders and Rangers, I guess, first week of the season updates. Our final segment here before we wrap it up, me and Rob are going to give you guys our best, our most surprising, and our worst team of the week. I'm going to go first here. Sure. I just spoke for about 10 minutes. I think the I think the best team, the best team throughout the first week of the season, they are 3-0-0. They beat yours truly the New York Islanders 5 to 1. Hand, they, they 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 definitely 
Whoa, whoa, whoa. You don't think it's a big no, deal? No, no, I think, no, I think it's <laughs> he fucking raped you. But yeah, okay. I think it's a good team. They, 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 they beat us. They, they, they definitely took us to town. The Florida Panthers, I think, right now are the best team in the league. They're 3-0-0. They beat the Lightning. They beat the Islanders. They beat good teams. They're not just beating them. They're handling them. And my Calder pick got shut down Tampa. Only allowed one goal against them. So Barkov's playing great. He's over a point per game already. They, this team is just stacked, and they could run and gun with anyone. They could run and gun better than anyone. So I'm taking the Panthers as the best team in the NHL throughout the first week of the First week of the season. Now, for surprising, we can go both ways here. You can go surprisingly good or surprisingly bad. Because there were the surprisingly good teams, like you could say Detroit and Buffalo. Oh, my God, is Buffalo going to go 82-0 and this year? Who knows? Um, but I'm going to pick a team that's surprisingly bad. This team had a lot of hype. Me and Rob both put them to make the playoffs this year. And that is the Chicago Blackhawks. They are 0-3-1 through the first four games. They've yet to lead in a game. Watching the game, I mean, I guess it was their home opener. They had a little. They had definitely had some buzz going with them throughout the first period. They just couldn't. They couldn't net one. I think Jonathan Taze is nowhere near the player that he that he was. He he was invisible. Patrick Kane is obviously still a magician with the puck, but I, Dylan Strom has been a healthy scratch the first four games of the season. What's with Dylan Strom? Dylan Strom's supposed to be one of their young studs with Kirby Doc. He hasn't even touched the ice yet. We don't know what's going on there. Kirby Doc hasn't impressed me. I. Debrinka. I disagree with that. He has. I mean, the game I watched. Obviously, I haven't watched. Did you watch last night's game? Against the Islanders. Yeah. He and you, 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 he was the only player I saw on the, the ice. The only player that impressed me was Debrinkat. I think Debrinkat created a lot of opportunity. I thought Kirby Doc was the best player in that game. Okay. I rewatch it if I, I disagree. Were you. I don't. I did. I watched every minute. Kirby Doc didn't stand out. I think Debrinkat stood out because although he didn't score, he created. He had obviously he had the breakaway and he had the most scoring chances. During that game, he definitely could have had, he could have scored multiple times. Flurry, I don't know what's going on. I feel bad for him. I really do. He he's letting up so he let up ten goals in his first two games, and now he lets up four. Uh, well, yeah, four to the Islanders. I mean, it's rough. He's a Vesna winner last year. He doesn't have the same system. He's not seeing the same shots that he saw last year. And his goals against is that like five goals a game throughout the first three games of the season for him. So. I'm just surprised after making additions like Tyler Johnson, Seth Jones, Marc-Andre Fleury, getting Jonathan Taze back. I, I really thought that they'd at least win a game. You know, it's it's not looking good for them. And for them to just keep losing like this, it's just going to hurt everyone's confidence. So I'm going to choose them for my surprising team in a bad way. And the worst team, which I said I, that was my prediction to have the worst record in the NHL. Still, the Arizona, Arizona Coyotes, they lost 8-2 to to Columbus. <laughs> they lost to Buffalo. So if they're losing to these bottom teams in the league, I, I couldn't imagine how they're going to do, how they're going to match up against some of these top teams in the league. Like, I couldn't, like, Denver Colorado could be, you know, 9-1. to Like, I could see one of those type of games. So, yeah, uh, Arizona's just bad, and hopefully the Islanders can... Give it to them in, what is it, three days, four days from now. So that's my best. My best is Florida. Surprisingly bad is Chicago. And what I think is the worst team in the NHL still is the Arizona Coyotes. Although their new logo, not new, but how they brought back the old logo is sick. 
and I love it, and I want to get a jersey, but I don't know one player that I'd want to get a jersey right now on that team. So Clayton I really, Keller. Clayton Keller. Yeah, but I, he might want to walk soon. <laughs> I'm not risking it. I'm going to wait. True. Yeah, so. Yeah. Um, this, is, this is hard. There's a lot of... A lot of good teams and a lot of good teams with good reason that we say we're that we're going to be good teams. So this might not come to a shock to anybody, but I think I I think the best team right now is Carolina Hurricanes, and it has nothing to do with them beating the Islanders. I just think even without Dougie Hamilton, they're still they're still a top five team in the NHL. Might even be top three. Like they just they're just a fucking powerhouse. They just they roll over teams. It's just. It's just so. I I don't even want to go through the roster because it's just that good. I'll be saying names for the rest of the night. I just I can't. So that's just my. They start off two and zero. Obviously they beat the Islanders and they squeaked by Nashville, but they were in Nashville. So you know they got they have a bit of a test coming up. They got they're playing some good teams. Um, we'll see how it is. Maybe you know maybe they're not the yeah, best team. They got right, Toronto and Boston. That's up it. Soon. That's their test, man. Um, uh, either of them in Carolina. They are both in Carolina. Beautiful, beautiful. So they got I, Montreal, I, to me, Columbus, yeah, and to me, I see, I see them winning, uh, winning both. Like we saw it tonight, we just saw Philadelphia kick the shit out of Boston in Philadelphia. And to me, if you match up Philadelphia and Carolina, it's like you know, it, you know, it's like an eighth grader versus a second grader. It's just you know, it's not even close. So I, I can't even imagine. Um, my worst team in the league is the worst team statistically in the league right now. That is your. Your runner-ups from last year, your Montreal Canadiens. <laughs> I seriously think, and guys, this is eye-opening for the New York Ranger fans. There's no fucking leadership. There's no leadership. There's no Price. There's no Weber. There's nothing. There's nothing. Their le- their best player can't be their leader. But they're the worst they? team, and they outplayed your Rangers a little bit. I know. <laughs> Try, that's why I went on my you know ten twelve yeah. minute rant right there. It's just it, it's disgusting. I, I seriously think Montreal it, they They're, were kind of hiding behind Carey Price. It's uh, people good teams hiding behind you know a good goaltender. Now that they are exposed and they have just an okay goaltender, and now they don't have a you know captain on the team. They're going to look for their top producers, which is Suzuki and Caulfield. That Caulfield has, hasn't done anything. That has a combined a age of forty two years old. It's just it's problematic for the team, and that's why they're zero four. I mean. Yeah, Caulfield hasn't. Hopefully, he'll heat up soon. But he, him, Suzuki—they all look quiet early. I mean, the whole team looks quiet. This is the first time I think it was since nineteen ninety six that they started zero and four, and it's like the first time, no, second time ever that a team that went to the Stanley Cup final started their season zero and four. Third time. Third time. Yeah, the, okay. the most recent time was Anaheim Ducks in two thousand three, two thousand four, and then before that was the Detroit Red Wings in the I think it was fifty two, fifty three. Yeah. So. Um. Crazy, surprising team. I'm gonna good or bad. Good. This is a good surprising team. This is one that I I'm shocked. I know they only play two games, but I'll quiz you right now. When we did our episode two weeks ago, when I did my projected standings, who did I have dead last in the league? In the whole league. In the whole league, I said they're gonna oh. finish with the most points. Wait, least points. Least points. Uh, uh, that's right. That's right. Sabers. Wrong. Yeah. Guys, you're two and zero. San Jose Sharks. Uh, uh-huh. They are fucking shocking me right now. They're, I don't know what's going on, but they are two and zero at the top of the Pacific. They, <laughs> it's shocking to say. Like I said, they beat the living crap out of the Montreal Canadiens five nothing in Montreal in the most electrifying one of the most electrifying arenas 
in the entire NHL mm-hmm. with the best fan base, no doubt in my mind. They come out, they spank them five nothing, and they beat they beat the Jets. I mean, these are also the Jets and the Canadians are two teams that haven't had a win yet. So I don't know if this is a bad surprising team or a good surprise. Like, I don't know what to take from it. But if I had San Jose dead last because. The only players that we really know from San Jose that actually make an impact here is Logan Couture, Thomas Thomas Hurdle, Carlson, and Brent Burns if they play good. I have no idea. Other than that, is there anybody that's impactful on that team? Kane, Kane is now is out. Timo 20. Meyer. Timo Meyer. I mean, it's, Nick Benino is now there. They're not supposed uh, to be LeBlanc. anywhere near where they are. Uh, they shouldn't be beating the teams they're beating. No, they're, they're a team, according to NHL 22, they're a team of a bunch of 80 to 85 overall players. Uh, Carlson just declared that he still thinks he's the best player in the world. I, I you know, which maybe he went through a time machine. I, I'm not sure, but yeah, San Jose Sharks guys, are fucking surprising. Uh, yeah, I, I got nothing else to say on yeah, that. Yeah, another yeah. surprisingly bad team is the win. Like we said, the Winnipeg Jets. A lot yeah. of hype around that team, and Connor Hellebuck can't stop a nosebleed right now. So, I mean, give him a tissue. Yeah, and obviously you could say the you could say the Buffalo Sabers, but. I really think it'll end. I mean, what the hell's going on? They went from worst team to what the, they're, they're three and zero. I think I think everyone is behind Jeff Skinner. I think Jeff Skinner is going to be Jeff Skinner and Ramis Dahlin is is leading that team. More of Jeff Skinner. I don't I think, think Jeff think Skinner's starting to wake up in points a little bit, and people are rallying behind him. Question. You also, you another Long them. Island native, Tage Thompson. I actually played a couple tournaments with him. He was next to me on the bench. It was pretty awesome. And uh, he's actually putting up. You know, I, nice think he, I think. Yeah, I think he's got three goals this season. He's um. Yeah, if anybody remembers Hammerheads back in uh, in Connecticut, uh, Tage was there with us, if anyone out there is listening. But what were you about to say? I'm saying uh, you don't see this um, lasting, right, the Sabres? Like, yeah, lasting. Like, are they, they're not going to make the playoffs. So no, 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 they're not going to make the – not in that division. I th- like I said, I, I think, think there's a very, the very clear divide in that division, but I don't see them finishing last. I see them beating the Montreal Canadiens. Well, because Craig Anderson's a better goalie. When in doubt, look at the goaltenders. No, I don't. I'm just saying. I still think Craig Anderson's playing great hockey. Still he's, think he's, bottom okay. five. Bottom five in the league? Yeah, definitely. The Sabres, yeah. They didn't get better. They no, I don't. Um, you know what? Eliminating attitude like Jack Eichel might have improved them. Like, who knows? Like, I, I, don't, I, I don't. Like, I, it, you know, you just got to see how it pans out. We're, we're only like. Half these teams play two games. The Rangers are up there because they're one of like the five teams that played four. So it's like too it's too early to call anything. Yeah. But like when you, I don't know, the Red Wings too. I mean they're up there. I mean Sabers versus Red Wings. That'd be it's probably like a great metric, uh, great Atlantic game. But no, I don't know. Yeah. But that's it. Those those are my three. Mm, All right. It. So thank you guys for listening. We have next time. We'll t- next time we will be. Next time we'll be speaking and you'll be listening will be obviously next Wednesday. The Islanders will end up playing three games by then. We got Columbus, Arizona, and then we got a test Sunday night in Vegas against the Golden Knights. So then the Islanders go on a five. We have a five-day break before we play again. So hopefully it's good news next time we're talking. Um, Rangers on a road trip. I think they're playing uh, Nashville, then Ottawa. And then we go back home to play the Flames. Um, also, keep keep voting on the polls. They keep going up. Uh, oh, yeah. We're, we'll give yeah. you... Rob, I guess, had the best. He went 20 and 14. I went 17 and 17. And you fans went 13 and 21. So, pick it up. 
What the thing, hell? I, I do have to I do have to tip my hat to you guys because you guys are trusting Vegas and you know you guys are taking the money line in about ninety five percent of the games. So, but the money line has been real off, yeah. uh, you know. But just keep voting, keep, keep asking yeah. us questions, keep engaging, comment on our Instagram, anything. If you if you want us to do something that you think would be better, anything. Just we like to engage with the fans and yeah. Let me know, yeah. Let me know if you guys like the, like the voting. If anything, me and me and Tom will do the picks. I don't know if you guys yeah. We'll like say, save us it. some work. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of work putting us and motherfuckers together, doing it twenty four hours before the games. But yeah, yeah. Just uh, guys, let let us know. Like we're we're humans. Just DM us. We're, we'll get back to you in a second. You know.